1: In this podcast, I had the absolute privilege to speak to one of my closest friends, Elliot. Um, Elliot is a football fantasist specialist. Um, he's also a big Borough fan too. Um, in the podcast, we talk about Lewis Swings' 4-year deal, Tony Pulis' style of football, um, Dean Smith at eight, Aston Villa, and we do talk about fantasy football as well, along with Sheffield Wednesday and the all-time Borough 11. This is the Borough Breakdown podcast. I'm Johnny Bullock. I hope you... Fleming
0: for That's Craig it. Hignett Hit it Higgy Higgy hits the TREAT
1: GOOOOOOOL coming alive again Janino wants the ball played to him Abinelli spots out Emerson Welcome back to the Borough Breakdown podcast with me, Johnny Bullock. Um, today I'm absolutely delighted to have one of my best friends uh, from university. He's also a fantasy football specialist, self proclaimed, and also a huge Borough fan as well, Mr. Elliot Venice, on the podcast. Elliot, thank you for, for coming on and thank you for being the first person to come live on the Borough Breakdown podcast. Yeah, yeah, no, thanks for having me on, Johnny. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Perfect. Um, so let's start things off. Lewis Wing. Four-year deal today, um, clearly part of Tony Pulis' plans uh, moving forward if Pulis was to stay for another four years. Um, what does Pulis have to do, not Pulis, what does Lewis Wing have to do to get into this sport team at the moment? Um, I think overall,
2: um, I just think given Tony Pulis' kind of style of play, um, he's going to give him his chances, but just I think they're always going to be quite limited just because of his age really. Um, and just kind of the way um Pulis does it with the three in midfield um i think out of all of the young lads he's probably going to get the chance the most even though he's probably got most competition yeah um in the engine room but i think probably that is o- not his only chance but he's just got to keep building from there and if it, if the performances keep you know keep going as consistent as they are he could even you know be a first on that team sheet but obviously there's things we probably don't see in training where you know, Housen and Besic and, and Saville, you know, could be playing better than him. Yeah. Um, but no doubt he's, he's, a, he's a class talent. So. Yeah.
1: So a lot of fans have said that he probably deserves to be in the team and potentially rightly so. Um, with with that in mind, we ran a poll and we asked Yusuf the same question on Tuesday night. And um, If you haven't listened to that podcast, it is up now and, and doing quite well in terms of in viewers as well. And um, We asked him, who would you replace in that Borough 11 for Lewis swing? Bearing in mind the results came back, Adam Clayton had twelve percent, then it was Johnny Howison and then it was be- Bezic and Savile who were uh, tend to rotate. Um so who would you kind of replace into that fold? Bearing in mind Bezic and Savile tend, tend to rotate.
2: Yeah. Um I think for me, uh I think Clayton's gotta you know gotta always be in there. Um I was um I wasn't quite sure I don't know whether he was still suspended um on the game on Saturday or whether he was, you know, just left out completely but um, I think he's a he's a must have to have in the team he's kind of you know that holding centre defensive midfielder that you, you need and then you have two in front of him um, so it's obviously got you know he's good, got to be coming in for out of Besic Saville and Housen um, for me Housen's been one of our consistent p- performers this season you know Besic was you know amazing last season um, he started alright since he's came Saville didn't play that great on Saturday but you know he's came with a, a big price tag so um, it is hard for him but I think if it was me at the moment and you know it could change week on week depending on each of the you know the three midfielders performances but um, I'd probably put him in alongside Housen or Besic
1: um, and leave Savile out but yeah so Clayton Hausen and potentially wing yeah I've noticed as well like since since Wing hasn't been part of that team, the, the, the creativity's like just dipped. Um, I know, like when I was away and I was when I was watching the games online, it seemed that Wing was pulling the strings, going forward, and we were creating chances, and we were scoring goals. And ever since he's been out that team, we've kind of stopped. Yeah. Um, do you think we're like now we're too defensive with Savo or Bezic and uh, him in midfield? Because I feel like that's kind of the way we are. At yeah. The moment. Yeah. Um,
2: I think. I think it is a bit of a conundrum with those midfielders. I think obviously Savile was brought in and he was kind of almost a, a cam, but we're kind of playing him, you know, centre mid. And then without Clayton on the weekend, um, all three of them were trying to do the same job. Whenever someone got the ball in midfield, they were all trying to chase it down. So that's why he went to shambles on the weekend. But um, obviously, I think if Wing was in there, um, you know, you could give them all individual roles. So Wing could be the creative one. You've got, you know, you could have. Um, Clayton just protecting the back four and then House or whatever you could you know, be having people that chase people down and yeah. harass people and or, you know even message to do that because um, on the weekend they were all taking up kind of similar roles yeah. um, so I think yeah if he was in that team you could have him being the one that's, that's creative I think
1: team. Saturday showed that how much we rely on Adam Clayton in that midfield yeah and um, it just seemed like uh, Nottingham Forest was picking us apart all the time. Yes, it was like a Carancas style performance. probably one of the best Carancas performances I've actually seen. Yeah. Um, it, know, that's, it's pretty shit. That it was for, yeah. for Nottingham Forest, but it was that masterclass. You know, the rough, the rough and tough does, the attack does, and then For some reason, I feel like they knew that Clayton wasn't going to play. Yeah. And then they just dominated the ball. Um, they made us look like amateur. Um, shot and looked shite. Um. <laughs> friend again like his legs just seemed to go he, used to get, he got caught a lot of Gildiaz and it just went to shambles and I think we actually deserve to to lose the game Yeah. Um, and, but you know there's not going to be many teams that come to the Riverside and attack us this season mm-hmm. but Carrank has kind of said oh yeah. well if you do attack us then we're kind of limited to options mm. so with that in mind and without Clayton um, and I also mentioned that without Lewis when we don't create much do you think Tony Pulis' style is maybe like a little bit too defensive going forward bearing in mind with the low scorers in the top six yes we have the best defence under crank, we had the best defence too um, but do to you think that style that we have is too defensive and it might cock up our chances of going up this season? Uh, yeah ultimately um, like you say um, I think it,
2: it bit us in the in the backside before didn't it when, when we were up there and we had one of the lowest goal differences because of you know we weren't very high scorers compared to some of the other teams up there, um, and that might play a factor coming the end of the season whether it be you know to get automatic or to get a promotion place. Um, I feel like it's it's a bit disjointed and it, you know I think he he probably knows that because he, he didn't get certain targets in in the summer, um, especially you know wide players and stuff. Um, but yeah, I guess it could be considered a bit defensive, especially when you're thinking you've got. you've got that back four um, especially on the weekend there was the back four um, and then there's you know the three sort of centre mids um, and then there's just kind of you know Braithwaite and Downing um, and uh, sorry Sombolonga was it who started on the weekend he was just isolated Downing was probably the most creative player that day and Braithwaite was you know running all over because it was just you know there was more players kind of back for us rather than going yeah. forward it was just you need I think we're still missing that kind of that, that centre attacking midfield position like you know I had to say Ramirez but you know Ramirez Fabrini Lee Tomlin you know that sort of that sort of player really
1: Diego Fabrini what a name that's so, thrown wrong back I know yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, he's you know. only around
2: for six months but no yeah no, that, that sort of position is um, was what walk was
1: best and I think we were kind of suited to that yeah but I think even with that four-three-three as well when you look at it now you, when we play, we were, we were playing like three-five-two formation. You had maybe an attacking, attacking forward. But you also had weight pulling the strings as well. Yeah. So it kind of gave Asanbalonger a bit of service when you had the wing backs bombing forward with that four-three-three. Three, there's a massive gap between where Asanbalonger or Hugel is from the midfielders because we're pl- kind of playing a defensive midfielder, two cent, two centers here, and you've got that attacking three here. Yeah. so you, you've kind of got so much space to go for and it is defensive and you've got gaps as well so if Karank like, would play on that 4-2-3-1 they were able to kind of overpower us in midfield and then that's how the our how players were. however if we played that 3-5-2 for Mish we would have probably matched them yeah. and we would have pushed forward um, but then the likes of Shot and and Friend have kind of been reverted back there's no width and there's so many different styles where we are kind of being caught and maybe that's the reason why we're not scoring goals at the minute um, but what do you think of Peleus' signings um, in the window? Now we know that Aston Villa pretty much took most of our signings, and we'll probably come on to them in a second. But what do you think of the signings that Tony Peleus made?
2: Um, I think on the whole uh, they were pretty good. Um, obviously Flint has been has been solid. Uh, Hugo, you know, I think he's only grabbed one goal so far, but he you know he gets himself about. Um, I, I still prefer Asamba longer up front. Um, I think obviously you could tell from all of the signings especially that Villa took away from us that we were, were crying out for a winger um, and I think we'll be going back in for at least one or two in January um, I'm trying to think of else we signed Sam McQueen's good cover for, for left back um, for friend you know, he could even you know get a chance at a start soon because like you have mentioned they were friends legs um, on the whole of it I think we, we brought in some good players really Um we yeah. I was averagely happy with the business, barring the you know the the non um, signing of uh, any wingers. So yeah. Yeah.
1: I kind of just think that yes, we didn't get the targets, but it, there was, it was solid business, like you mentioned. It was just solid. I hope I can kind of, I said to Yusuf in the last podcast that I kind of hope that Sam McQueen gets his chance at left back. Now there's nothing against George Friend; and he's a great. He's like he's a. He's always been a great player for us. Yeah, but the fact of the matter is I feel like his legs have gone now and that maybe McQueen's probably the right man to take that place and give us a bit of a different option if we're going to revert back to that wing back yeah, then gonna, yeah, he's definitely. probably the right man for it Yeah, and then potentially give in the captaincy or something well, if you said well, Downing was going to get captain like yeah. a couple of years ago then he would probably smack me but it's just probably the way it's going to go Like if you took friend out of the team Downing's probably your third captain at the minute bearing in mind he's being the best player all season he's yeah. like 34 year old I think he's he, he's got to be up there with a the captain shout if a friend
2: wasn't in the team um, you know the only other player could probably be up there is Danny Ayala but you've you got to be favouring downing um, as a borough lad I mean I'm not a big fan of him myself but you know that's the way to probably go yeah. yeah
1: no fair enough um, so let's move things on uh, to we know we mentioned transfers um, early on in the season January if we're in that playoff position I asked you pretty much a similar question in terms of who do we bring in but where would you kind of look to strengthen come January is there anyone in particular who you'd be looking out for or is there someone who you kind of want or what, where do you think we should be kind of targeting in a sense
2: yeah um, so like we mentioned already I think the wing is, um, is a priority definitely um, you know we only have what uh, Downing and Braithwaite and that's still don't really fancy Braithwaite out wide. Um, so, I definitely think wingers, I um, think cover at right back um, for shotting. And it's funny actually because I've seen a thing today about, uh, about shotting. Um, and for me, I think he's still more of a centre back rather than a wing back. And I know he's played pretty well this season at wing back. But I've seen in terms of stats, he's got like, the, I think he's fifth highest for average performance in the whole league. According to who scored, so he's been playing well, uh, better than on the eye, I guess. But yeah, fifth, fifth highest. So um, yeah, but it'd be good to have cover for him as well. You know, someone like Sam McQueen on the other side to sort of, you know, just give him competition. And if there's injuries as well, Um, so I think definitely those two two areas.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I remember like Ryan Shotton when he, he first came, and he came with like a kind of like a good rep from like the Birmingham fans like oh like you know he's going to be a decent centre back for us um, and he'll give competition and then when, I remember the first game was it against it might have been against Brentford and he just got absolutely slaughtered mm. and I remember tweeting about it saying that uh, Ryan Shotton is the worst <laughs> centre back I've ever seen and all yeah. the Derby fans retweeted it everyone was just getting on the bandwagon but fair play to him you know like he's he's brought it back and he's probably one of the most most consistent players like you mentioned yeah. Um, for me, definitely. Well, McQueen's gonna have to probably fill in for George. The wingers, I like, top of my head. I can't think of like wingers who we should bring in. Maybe like, is it Canos a plays for Brentford potentially? Mm-hmm. He could come in as like a right winger. Um, Parf- Shea Ojo maybe? Did he, got, did he sign for anyone? I'm not.
2: I'm not entirely sure. He might have went back a lot in the championship,
1: but but yeah. potentially him. There's there is players out there, but. It's like, who do we bring in? Or, do we all... all, all what I'll say? Um, do I we, say? Should we bring Harry Chapman, Harry Chapman in the team, and, or Tav? Bearing in mind, Harry Chapman and Lewis Wing played last night, again, not last night, Tuesday night against Walsall. We lost 3-1 for the under-23s. Yeah. Do you think Harry Chapman's development should be in the start 11, or do you think him, Tav, and Lewis Wing should go out on loan in January? Um, I think... I don't.
2: I don't think they should maybe go out alone, but I just don't think they should be relied on in a sense. Um, I know they're obviously not still at the moment. I think there's, uh, you know, breath and Downing and getting those, those the nod out wide. Um, but I think just having some sort of other cover um, of, a, of a senior player um, that can come on as well as obviously them. Um, you know, Tony Poulos mentioned at the beginning of the season about having what was it the squad of twenty-two with eighteen senior players and then sort of the four youth players. Um, at the moment it seems like you know it's a, it's a bit disjointed in, in the balance that he's got between that so I think that's why I think we'll end up with a you know senior winger then you know, potentially starting a lot but they'll still get their chance so and I hope they do because um, they, are, they are quite impressive and Tav did get his chance last year when, when Gary Monk was here and he did impress so
1: what's your thoughts on Jordan Hugo if you don't mind me asking now bearing in mind he's a borough lad um, he's always going to get that rep like everyone's going to support him but in my opinion I don't think he's kind of showed anything yet um, he always looks he's always on the floor yes he he runs around for a big man to be down on the floor that much mm. I feel like there's just something not right yeah <sighs> I tell you what I think he reminds he reminds me of like myself he's like the
2: same height as me he's not like that big he's just like averagely big he's just like average in like a lot of things So he's just kind of like I don't know He's he's not like super tall, where you think oh he's he's, he's going to win every header, and he's not like super strong, where you think he's going to muscle anyone off the ball. He's got like a mix of, and obviously it depends on then who he comes up against. Um, so the, so that's why I'm saying I you know I do I do like a longer a lot more. Um, I don't really know what he can do to improve that. Um, but yeah, that, for me, it, it's not the style. That I'd go with. It's kind of looking to try and hit him as a target man and bring other people into play. But from what I've seen, it doesn't seem to work. I'd rather be trying to play balls through to a longer, um and let him run them because you know I think it's a lot more prolific, really.
1: Yeah, with with that, if we're going to go back to like more of a three-five-two as well, um, would you potentially start Hugo with um, Longa now? We've seen that um, come against, I think it was against Hull City where we've seen that and Brit just didn't really know what to do, really. Mm. Um, would you potentially put Gested there uh, if you were to, were to go back or would you even give Gested a chance instead of Britt um or or Hugh? Um, yeah,
2: I think if it was in a 352 I'd probably I'd give Gested a chance because um, I did like him when he played the... I don't know he gives, he gives a lot of heart um, when he's playing he's played in a front two before obviously with our our other friend Jordan Rhodes so uh, I think him and Asambolonga could, could work well together with you know flicking on the balls and you know going in behind um, from what you were saying before about longer not really knowing what to do um, you know I think you know that can be easily you know trained um, you know on the training field Um Getting into a few of those scenarios, um, working on those formations in training. Um so out of the three, I'd go with a and and uh, and the Yeah, I'd
1: actually probably agree with you. Um there's I feel like Hugel just doesn't offer what Gastead could. Mm. I think Gastead would be able to create opportunities for Brit Assombalonga. Um and by that I mean he's probably gonna flick on or if we're gonna get the ball up. Um, he's going to lay it across and will hopefully get the, the ball out wide knock it in the box he heads it down for a Samba longer or he, creates, or he scores the chance himself and I don't think Hugel could probably do that yes he scored a header but um, well that's a part he hasn't done really much apart from that um, but if you look at the striker's strength if you look at the championship strikers you would normally take Gosted, a, a Samba and Hugo in a heartbeat potentially wouldn't you Mm-hmm. Yeah. You would take them in a heartbeat, but now if you look at the likes of Aston Villa, where they've got Jonathan Codger they've got Tammy Abraham. How else have they got? They've got is it Scott Hogan. Got? Scott Hogan, um, they've got and they've got Adama, and they've got Balassi providing that width, as long along with Grealish. Um, do you think their attacking threat is a lot better than ours? And how do you think Dean Smith is going to? He's going to come in now to, the, to that new team where they're playing a lot of individuals. Do you think he's going to give them unity and kick the start of their season now? Yeah, you'd like to think so. Really, I think
2: you know the players that you've just said there on paper um, are great. Uh, and, you know, Deed Smith. Um, you know, the kind of style he played at Brentford was, you know, it was quite attacking. The, the entertainers of the championship almost. Um, you know, they had quite a, a fluid sort of passing game, and they were, you know, they were, you know, um, picking at the start of the season and banging in goals left, right, and centre. I can't remember the last few results off the top of my head, but um, you know they've started well score a lot um, so you'd think you know with the players he's got his armoury at Aston Villa he'd, you know, he'd replicate that um, along with you know hopefully tightening up at the back um, with John Terry coming in as well you know it, it could be good times for Villa but you know, with what they've done to
1: us recently uh, I hope not <laughs> I don't know do you think do you think John Terry's going to do well as a coach because not all um, well good players become great coaches Like, Mm -hmm. there's, you know, you've got Gary Neville. I said this in the last podcast used to, but Gary Neville was like, it was hands both both tied at Valencia. Like, he was never going to do well. Um, But do you think he's going to become a good coach? The likes of, Lampard started off okay. Um, Nuno Nuno Santo, he was a player in uh, Portugal. He started off very well, of course. Like, he had all the money and all the good players to... He basically had a Champions League team in the Championship last season. But do you think Terry's going to take well to management or...? Um, I don't know really. Uh,
2: I th- I think it might be a bit soon, obviously, with him just retiring. I think the others, um, had a bit of time out. Um, particularly Gerard and Lampard, and sort of, um, you know, maybe done coaching badges in the background and you know done some other smaller tasks and then took on a bigger job. Um, I know he's not obviously the 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 permanent manager, he's the assistant manager, I believe. So yeah, it's not as you know much weight on his shoulders, so he does have time to kind of. Uh, you know, experiment with things and sort of, you know, still work with the team, but he's not taking, you know, all the that responsibility. Uh, so, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the bloke myself, so I hope we didn't do that well. But uh, I don't know. Going off what Gerard Lampard have done so far,
1: uh, you know, it could be all right. It's it's quite a nice, well, it's it's quite a nice sight seeing the likes of Gerard Lampard, Henri, Terry now. Like the generation that we grew up with, yeah. and now are going into management, it's quite refreshing because the likes of Mark Hughes, who I cannot fucking stand, um, Sam Allardyce, Moyes, the dinosaurs, the dinosaurs, the, the so-called dinosaurs of the game, and Pulis is technically under that under that umbrella. But yeah. um, those dinosaurs are starting to leave the the, the ring down and all the, the fresh bloods are coming. So that's quite exciting from more a football fan perspective. But speaking of dinosaurs, do you think Pulis football is done? Di- like, it's kind of like a dinosaur football. Are you actually excited by that? Um, I wouldn't say I'm
2: excited by Pele's style of football. Um, I think it's, I think it's quite effective. Um, I think he, he knows what he's best at, um, and he, he's obviously he's came in, and when he goes into world jobs, he tries to stamp what he's always been doing. Um, and he's he's been quite effective at it, you know. He got Stoke or we took mm-hmm. West Brom to ninth place finish. So I think he's he's just doing what he's best at, really. I think if he was to go and adapt and change, first of all, we be met with a barrel of laughs, and second of all, it'd be it'd be unlike him, and he, you know, you'd need to, you know, restructure a team all over again. Um, so I think it's it's effective what he's doing. I think, you know, we'll be we still will be there or thereabouts by the end of the season. I'm I'm still you know quite impressed with what he's done. Um, it's just not obviously that sort of attractive style of football all the time. Um, you know, we had that goal against Preston the other week, though that, was, that was, you know, pretty good in yeah. terms all of, you right. know, okay. a good goal. But, you know, a lot of it is not it's not great to watch. I feel like some games, even when we win, um, you know, it wasn't the, the best game to watch, um, but it's effective, you know, we'll pick up a 2-0 win somewhere and, you know, you can't argue with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so for me, really, that that's kind of like what my views on on Tony Pulis' and style yeah. is, and and I think obviously if we if we were to go up, I'd I'd like to, you know, get a different manager, um, in you know, obviously not straight away, you know, give him a chance, but I think in the I I wouldn't like to have longevity with with Tony Pulis because he could, you know, bring that whole mentality to the club long term, um, and you know make it stick forever, which could be quite. Quite bad, really. Um, it's effective, I think, for getting teams up. But then, you know, just trying to play it against some of the Premier League teams, you just become the whipping boys of the league. I'd mm. rather, you know, have someone who's playing a different style and, and have a go.
1: Really, I think what Pulis is very good at is he he does keep teams in the Premier League. Now, if we were to go up, I think we should keep him for that year or two. If we were if we were to stay up as well, and, and then we should probably move on. And then you kind of look at different managers um, to kind of keep you there. And with the money now that you get in the Premier League, if you stay that season, you can build. Like if you look yeah. at Bournemouth and you look at, well, potentially Brighton this season, they're the, the building on what they've done last year. And we kind of have to emulate that and hopefully you know, stay in the Premier League if we were to do that. But who do you think is going to go up this year? I know it's like very early on. You love, yeah. you love to say Borough. Um, could potentially you could have said Brentford before Dean Smith left. We'll probably go back on to Dean Smith because I kind of feel that I kind of feel sorry for Brentford as well. Um, but who do you think's going to go up this year? Um, uh, I think if I was at a if you had a, gu- uh, you had a gun to your head, said so he was, was going to go up,
2: I had a gun in my head. Um, I'd say West Brom are going to do it. Uh, yeah, I think I think they're solid. I think, really? I think they're going to go back up. Um, I think Borough, I, I genuinely will think we're, we're gonna finish second or third. Um we'll go up. And uh, the playoffs, you know, with it obviously being a lottery. Um I'd like to say Brentford, um especially just, you know, now I feel sorry for losing Dean Smith and I think they'll, they'll play a nice style of football. Um, you know, they obviously seem to get the players poached
1: and you know, stuff like that. But um I definitely I definitely think West Brom and Borough. No. You know, I, I I'd, I'd hope so. Um, I think Stork's going to probably come up there. They've got the players. Like That team should not be where they are. And if Guy Rout was to get sacked or anything I think, like that, they're still going to be up there. I think Villa, if Dean Smith's given time, they'll be up there coming into the season. Um, West Brom, I think, I think West Brom are going to romp it. I really do. Like Once they get in that stride, Darren Moore's done an excellent job there. I feel like they're just going to fly up and... Hopefully, we can kind of catch up with them. I feel like Leeds are probably going to drop. Yes, they've got injuries. Be also tend to tire towards the end of the season, but sort of purest teams. Um, but I'd like to say West Brom and I think, fingers crossed, us. But are we sleeping on Sheffield United though, a little bit? They're top of the league at the moment. Mm. Won the most games, but they've also lost the most games. <laughs> so it's, it's a weird one yeah that is a bit strange isn't it I, I didn't know that um,
2: no it's uh, I think with them obviously if you're just saying they won the most and lost the most it's, it's kind of you know tit t- or miss and you, I think if you're a promotion team you've got to have that consistency haven't you um, it, it's, mm-hmm. so it's still early doors and I think those teams that put together runs you've seen it in our, uh, our promotion year, Burnley what was it they went oh, 20 games unbeaten or whatever you need that, 20 you, need that games. Cons- you need that consistency um, so i think if if chef united continue like that you know th- they're not going to go up in the top 2 uh, but like you say there could be about it could be about 10 teams i mean the season when we got the uh the uh, playoff final there was a good eight within the last week or two that you know still could have been all at, you know in for promotion and i think that the 6th, 7th and eighth place—all drew on on points, and it came down to a goal difference. We got sixth place, so it's it's just mental, really. How many how many good teams there is in the championship that can get promoted. So
1: do you think Forrest will be up there too? Um, bear in mind, we've got a great man. We, I was Prokanger. I think you were pro Prokanger as well. Yeah. I remember when you were away in when you're in Germany, and we went to the the bright. I went to the Brighton game with with Sam and Robin. And we just uh, ended up being on the pitch and then couldn't believe we actually went up and then the, the next year it was just an absolute disaster but yeah. um, do you think yeah so do you think Forest are going to be up there coming this the season because I, I could see a lot of that Old Bore team in that Forest setup. Uh, yeah okay yes they had like Guardiola in the team and shit like that but in terms of like the structure and how they played I could yeah. see a lot do you think they'll be up there do you think they'll be challenging um, yeah I think
2: I, I don't think they could challenge for top two um, but I definitely think for the playoffs um, and I, I think Karanka's one of them like I was saying about consistency once he sort of knows the formula knows the first 11 um, put together a, you know a good run of games um, I think you know they could push for the playoffs um, it wouldn't surprise me at all I you know, I, I was tipping for us before the start of the season especially for some of the signings they brought in It was a Joe Carvalho and was mm-hmm. it 16 odd million so yep. you know he, he, Karanka's done the same as is what he he done at Borough really. He came in halfway through the first season, he, he tightened them up at the back and he's looked to obviously bring in attacking players in the first full season and, and go from there. Um started off not scoring a lot still. Um obviously they've improved a little bit now, so if they went on a run, it could well
1: be up there. There's that, that's it. Like if you go on a run, that's what the championship's all about. And um, we spoke about it in previous podcasts. while well, I have enough I've always said ignore the first ten ten to twelve games and then from there the team that goes on the run tends to go. Yeah. Um, it's always a team at Christmas. You know, you can look at Blackburn; they could be on the team on the run. Uh, Notts Forest; they go on the run. It's anyone's game.
2: It happened. They've, it happened with Reading a couple of years back, didn't it? I think when when they went up with Southampton, I think they were mm-hmm. sort of mid-table and they won about 16 games and a and went top of the league. So you know, it can like you said that that Christmas period after that, it, you know, if someone goes on one of those crazy runs like that come out of nowhere and I think even Fulham done it last season didn't it? they did yeah mid-table and yeah it's a funny old game in the championship oh it is
1: um, but let's move away from the championship now um, I know friends and you've always given me tips on fantasy football um, we're currently top of our own league which we have in the Borough Breakdown League I think we are still at the top um, so what tips would you tend to give if you're in fantasy football what type of players do you look for do you do similar formations um, or do you look for tips Always, where do you find tips yeah. to try and win that big prize yeah um, so I think sort of the, the biggest
2: and best place for, for tips for fantasy, uh, fantasy Premier League is, is on Twitter itself so there's a lot of there's a lot of great accounts out there um, a great community of people um, you know and I, f- I think Fantasy Football Scout is kind of the main account but the guys who write for them and uh, they do like a, a scout cast each week which is like a video that they, they go live on um, you know sort of doing a lot of great content and you know tips, tricks you know players looking at and all sorts like that um, so that's kind of where I'd go to for, for tips and stuff like that but you got to kind of develop your own style as well when doing it and not just you know take one person's word for granted because you know your team's Different to everyone else's, really. Um, so, kind of the main things, and I know they might seem kind of uh, you know, quite simple, really. But you know, you've just got to you just got to be patient, um, and that's the thing I sort of learn. And it when what, what people do is they tend to, when someone does good one week, you know, they'll take a, a minus transfer. Uh, you know, they'll take a, mi- yeah. a minus transfer just to get just to get that player in. Um, but when you look at statistics, there's not many players that return. Week on week, unless it's a, you know, a Salah, a Hazard, a Kane, Aguero, you know, players like Ryan Fraser, and that they, they're going to do it every once once every so often. So it's it's it, just got to keep consistency, keep a good team. If a player's got a good fixture coming up, um, don't get don't take them out just because someone else has just scored the week before. You know, have some patience with your players and
1: stick by that. Really, it's always the random players that tend to do really well, and it absolutely baffles me every season. Um like I think, who was it last year? I think it was a centre back that got a fucking shit ton of points. Um it's gone. It's gone from here but the, do you try to, do you kind of rely on like say like the shit of players mm. to get your points or like are they like the diamonds in the dirt rather than re- over reliance on so like oh. the Salahs and Keynes Yeah, so? definitely. Obviously
2: you've got to have the, some of those lower players in because they're enablers. You only have the hundred mil uh, budget on Finance Premier League to play with, so you can only get sort of two, three of those big hitters in and there's so many of them that are, you know, I'm talking big hitters, and even that are over 10 million on the game, so I, I think there's at least about eight um, of them at least. Um, you know, currently in my team I've got uh, Aguero, Salah and Hazard. Um, you know, other people might have uh, Kane in there, they might have sort of it that's bordering on 10. Um, People might have Sterling as well, um, but it all comes down to kind of looking at sort of points per the value type thing. So it's you know Kane um, is twelve point five, and yeah, he's he scored every now and then. But for his price tag, there was people who were matching him or doing better for eleven million or ten million. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of um, you know looking at that points per value, and then again not going with your. Your bias as well. Um, I mean, might not happen so much with borough fans because you don't really have a bias. You know, they're all Premier League teams, but you know, if, you know, if there's people out there who are, you know supporting other teams, you, you can't be biased. Really, it's, it's the worst thing. Worst thing you can do. I mean, I, I, I don't exclude Newcastle players from my team either. Um, so I mean, I don't have any currently, but I am <laughs> looking to to get some in um, for the decent run of fixtures. But yeah, like you said, th- those those lower players. Um, you've got awesome in the the little gems, um like Matt Do- Matt Doherty this season yeah. at Wolves, he's you know, he's an absolute he's played an absolute blinder playing right wing back, just pulling in the goals and assists and I think when I got him he was four point four million so it's yeah, having those players enables you to get the bigger players. But if you know if they're scoring yeah. points as well, that's how you get the, the big scores each week. So no,
1: no fair. Um so let's move back to Borough. Um or way and speaking of Borough I remember when we were a fantasy football me and my dad and it was when Southgate was a gaffer, and I was gonna put like about three Borough players on the team. My dad was me, what, I'm to me, "What's Borra have a shit season, though, Johnny?" All right? And then I was, I oh, don't know, we want we're gonna we're gonna finish like top like six or something because it was like the season after McLaren. Yeah. yeah. And no, I think it was not. I wasn't the season after McLaren. It was like the year after because it was kind of we were mid table. We lost a few players. I thought, oh, you know what? Like, I don't remember when I was like a kid. I was like, oh, we'll, we'll probably hit top six. That optimism and then my dad was like oh no I'm going to do shite this season we, we end up getting relegated so he knew a lot more than me um, but we'll move on to Chef Wednesday um, before I ask you if you're all time borough 11 um, so that could be from past and present whoever you want from it's from when you're growing up from who the players if, that you've seen um, so it could, it's probably from like 94 upwards but, but Chef Wednesday Friday night Borough players are coming back from international duty Pulis is a bit pissed off about it now what would you be looking for in that Chef Wednesday game would you be looking for that, that reaction that we had or who would you be looking to start in that team yeah um,
2: I think it's a, I think it's a tough place to, to try and go and get a reaction Well, I think you know a lot of away games are um, in the championship and you know we've had a lot of you know, hoodoo grounds over the years um, some much we break some which we break you know, halfy half, and then, you know. But I think uh, Hillsborough is quite a tough place to go on and and get a reaction. Sheffield, and you know, doing great, but the, they've got an all right squad, and you know, when the fans get behind them, especially on a Friday night under the floodlights. Um, no, but I, I think if we can if we can come away, um, sort of. You know, obviously it is about the results in the championship, but a good performance overall because um, the performance last Saturday was was shocking, Um, it was just so disjointed and I I just didn't know what was even happening when I was watching it, so I think just to have quite a cohesive performance and everyone's kind of knowing what they're doing, um, you know, we're making simple passes, we're not losing the ball easily, you know, just the basics really, Um, and you know, I always say with draws and it's quite boring and me. To, uh, sorry, I always say about away games it's quite boring and me to you know come away with a draw and win your home mm. games. Um, but you know, I'd take a draw at this stage. Um, if We come away sneaking one nil win. That'd be that'd be great. Uh, I, I think you already mentioned about the the players. Um,
1: is it on? I think Wednesday. Some Wednesday, of them yeah. They're going to be getting back. Gareth, and George Savell. I think then they they're the two that come back, but. If I'm honest, like I think
2: obviously Braithwaite, then yeah. could be you know that, that's more of the, the main issue, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. with Saville, you could you could replace him quite easily in that um, midfield. But Braithwaite's kind of a, a key player for me, and if he's if he's knackered, then I think
1: Bezic is away as well. Um, but for me though, like we, I know we mentioned this earlier in the podcast, but if Saville or Bezic are away, then you've got that Lewis yeah, wing there. A chance, um, that's that's his chance to come in. If you don't play Braithwaite, you've got the likes of Tav coming in if you want to, mm-hmm. and there's also an opportunity to change formations as well. Um, so I don't think it's a bad thing. I think we've just got sh- we've, you've got a squad there, yeah. So so use it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? There's, there's, you don't have to always rely on that eleven. You know you can chop and change all you want. Got to give your players confidence. Got to give your players game time, and hopefully we can come away with a result. But I think you're absolutely spot on when you said we. Have, it doesn't. I don't mind drawing away games. Because if you get two points a game, you're going to be up there coming into the season and you're going to be fighting for more of like a playoff playoff spot. And, you know, if you draw your way games or come away at three points, then happy days. You're going going to be up there. Um, But who would you start? What would be your 11 um, coming into that Chef Wednesday game? Um, Formation, 11, whatever you want. Score prediction. God, I think obviously with with us toying with uh, quite a few
2: formations, um... I wouldn't like to go with the one that we just had on Saturday um, unless Clayton was back in the side. Um, so if we were going with a four 3 I'd put Clayton back in um, and I'd have, um, based on the things we've just mentioned about Saville and Besic, um, I'd play wing and housen mm-hmm. with Clayton in the middle. Um, obviously a, a normal back four. Um, you know... Th- we were mentioning about McQueen, but there wouldn't be a real reason, um, apart from, you know, Borrevan just saying tired legs about George Friend, there wouldn't be a, a big reason to be dropping George Friend. Um, so I think stick with the, the same back four, um, obviously Randolph in goal. Um, and then, you know, I would give um, Tavar or Chapman a run out then, um, on the wing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'd probably go with um, Asombola, longer up top, still at this stage. Um, as we've already mentioned, Hugo hasn't really impressed that much. Um, Gested is kind of, um, I think he he came on. Um, I don't know. He he affected it in the sense that we were pumping long long balls and corners and trying to get everything in the box. we even yeah. got Flint Flint up front in the end as well. So um, I think here, I think man. I think at this stage. Um, you know, stick with stick with Assamba longer, um, and then you can you know maybe look to bring Gestede and if he makes an impact. You know that he's won the shirt back, but yeah. I, th- I think that's what I, that's
1: that's what lineup I'd go with. So you would go with Randolph in goal, Shotton, Ayala, Flint, and Friend. Clayton defensive mid wing for yeah, yeah Housen, um Chapman. Was it Chapman or Tav? Uh, I'll go Tav. You got Tav. Um, and then we'll go with Downing on the right and then Britt a on the up top quick question then. what what's your thoughts on Danny Ayala because now you've known me for like so long and every time we have a conversation I'm always like I can't trust him he always makes me feel really nervous yeah um, would you ever switch him for Fry or are you kind of happy with Ayala do you think he's solid um,
2: yeah I'm, I'm happy with him um, I know he's a little bit suspect sometimes but I mean so is Dimmy um, back in the day, but no, um, I, I, I'm happy with him. Uh, I don't know. I think he, he's solid. Um, you know, I think Fry. It's hard as well because I, I like Fry and I like him to get a chance. But um, I do like Flint and Ayala in there as well. Um, I think there's got to be a bit more of a, a bigger mistake really for for even to get dropped. Um, so. Yeah, I, I, I'd stick with Ayala and Flint, and and you know, I think Fry is going to come back into it at some point, and he's going to be getting a bit of game time. He's the he's the next next in line, really.
1: I do feel sorry for Dale Fry though, I, I really do. I think he didn't deserve to be dropped. Um, in that Norwich, no, Norwich game, I was I was at Leeds, where we reverted back to the four. But anyway, I feel like he he didn't deserve to be dropped. I thought he started the season excellent, and I do prefer him to Ayala. I don't know why, I just do. I think Aidan Flint would bring it, bring the best out of him. Aidan Flint's got that experience there, he's championship, he's a hard, hard nut to crack. I really like Aidan Flint, I think he's a great centre-back. Um, I feel like he'd probably just bring the best out of him. Um, but, you know, I'm more than happy to keep Ayala in there and I think he'll he'll help us get up this year. So, final question. It's a tough one. Um, bear in mind, there's so many good players that I've played for the club. Yeah. Um well, probably the final question would be score prediction for Chef Wednesday. But final question, or second the final, the question, um, is your all-time Borough 11. Um, so formation and also your players. So you've got to start 11 there. Um, you can have, we'll do a three-man bench as well. Okay, so you can have any three players bearing in mind. It doesn't really they're the players you'd you kind of bring on to kind of change the game if you're getting beat. Okay, yeah. so goalkeeper, who would you have in goal? Um, I think w- when it comes to doing these, it's kind of you, you
2: might know who better players are, but it's kind yeah. of players who you've seen play. Uh-huh. Um, so obviously it comes down to you know our generation and when we first started going really. So out of all the
1: goalkeepers, I think hands down for me it has to be uh, Marty Schwartz in goal. Schwartz, I think you were. 'Cause you're tempted tempted Because in the prime you'd pick Victor Valdez any day of the week, wouldn't you? Yeah. Any day of the week you pick Victor yeah. Valdez. Right, so Swordswing goal.
2: Yeah, back uh back three, back
1: four, back five, back six. I think I back go with
2: the ba- <laughs> I think I go with a back four. Yeah. Um I think I'd go with a, a, a probably a four two three one formation. Okay,
1: four like two three like. one, yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh I pick manager we'll pick manager as well, don't you worry. <laughs> right, okay, so swordswing goal, back four of
2: um, oh, it's quite tough this actually. Uh See, I really liked Pogatets. I don't know if I kind of liked him more as a uh, sort of a left back or it because he did shift to centre back as well, didn't he at, mm-hmm. at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I did really like uh Quadru as well at left back. Yeah. And I do like um obviously
1: George as well. Yeah. Um, so I'm just trying to think. Uh it's a tough question. It's, it's a tough one. Everyone gets stumped on this question. Yeah,
2: no. Um, so I think centre back. Then I, I think I'd have to go Southgate because uh, yeah, he, he was he was a class player. Um, I think people kind of forget it because of the you know him taking us down, and I think people probably might not forget it now with his you know heroics in the World Cup. But he, he was he was a class defender. Is he captain? Um, I, we'll come we'll come with that. come at the end. I think I will go... I will go Pogatet's left-back as well. Pogatet's left-back, OK. Yeah, yeah. Um, i trying to think right-backs. It's been a, quite a cursed position over the years, right-back for Borough. Um, mm-hmm. we either seen the comfort centre-backs or right-mids or centre-defensive mids into right-backs over Joseph the years. Joseph Fager. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know what it is with right-back. We never seem to have a... I don't know. We never seem to have a proper right back. <laughs> so Joseph Varga, uh, the bald white pillar. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think even Nicky Bailey played there as well, which was um, which was funny. And you know, and, Nicky it, and even when we had players that were were actually right backs anyway, they were they weren't that great anyway, like Dwight T and Darley and, and oh, players like that. Fuck so. Me. Right. So I think if I was going to go right back, um, I think f- for someone who was who played there quite a while, it wasn't just you know a little stint or whatever.
1: Um, I'd have to go seems a bit of a weird one but Luke Young no a lot of people pick Luke Young so yeah. your final centre back as well you've got Southgate there you've got Young you've got Pogatet Your final centre back Um, I'd probably have to go Um, 'cause
2: because it went from that team to the kind of the dark days I wouldn't pick any of that Um, so I'd probably pick Gibson in there pick Gibson yeah yeah
1: I I love the guy he's a uh, yeah so a, you got it, a borough in there there's a lot sometimes. of competition for that and when, when I speak to like no when I speak to everyone else on, on this podcast people always go like, oh, will put Pallister in there we'll go um, Nigel Pearson um, but I think that's a really solid back line I think for me obviously with those players I know
2: how good they were from people talking about it but from not mm-hmm. like, witness it witness it with my yeah. own
1: eye it's hard to sort of pick you're young really, you're going yeah. to yeah. m- miss it yeah so 4-2-3-1 you've got your two in midfield who'd you go for? so I think one definitely has to be George Bortang 100% Groover's he, yeah. uh, he was like the Makaleli of Bury Makaleli he was class you know what George Bortang was fantastic for us I fucking love Bortang but like, yeah great centre mid but anyway carry on sorry um, I'll come back to the other centre
2: defensive mid because i am okay. trying to decipher that one um, if I'm going to go with the, the three um, sort of attacking midfielders then yeah. I'd go with uh, Mendiata on the right yeah, um, yeah show.
1: Zenden on the left yeah uh, and I'd go Giannino Cam I, I always feel like that Janino position the number 10 is it's always going to be him isn't it yeah. always and then yeah. who's your man up top bear in mind we've got some great strikers in this era um, so we've had the likes of Ravanelli. we've had um Marco Branca was quite good, Craig Hignett, you also had. Uh Alan Armstrong all in the same se- they were pretty much all in the same season, remember? Um, we had six strikes at one point. Uh Hamilton Ricard, you could say Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, Mark Viduca, Fonzo Alves, <laughs> Lucas Dukovitz. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't uh, think I'd go that far with that.
2: <laughs> yeah, speaking of uh Lucas Dukovic, he is um uh on that thing I mentioned about shot on earlier, he's uh, top according to who scored of like the average um sort of score for all like, the games this season the championship <laughs> exactly. was like, like 7.82 or something he's he's fuck top I, could, I couldn't believe it he
1: scored six goals as well So fuck me I remember when you know he was young when we got him though to be fair like Mowbray put a lot of trust in him kind of unfortunate on his part but he's got like he has elements there to be fair but like okay well, look, anyway that's all I'm going to say yeah. striker. I think for me um,
2: in all the years I've been a Borough fan the three
1: Sorry, Yakubu as well. I've yeah, Yakubu,
2: Yeah, the, the three that I enjoyed the most um, were the uh, that era of uh, Hasselbank, Faduga, and Yakubu. Macaroni. Sorry, um, sorry. the all names popping up yet? <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> Macaroni obviously for his heroic set. I think Macaroni though I wouldn't really go for him because I mean, apart from apart from those two goals, it was uh, he scored like one goal in a light year or something.
1: So do you put him on the bench though? Anyway, sorry, sorry, striker. Yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> so uh, if I was going with. Three, out, out of any three
2: of them, I'm gonna have to go with the hitman, Jimmy. Yeah. I think he was just so prolific. Um I know the others brought different elements they all had different elements of the game, Viduca was the holding up guy. Um that's it, okay. Yeah, Viduca was the you know the guy that held it up. Uh Hasselbank was just so prolific in and around the box. Yukubu, you know, was sort of one of them where he was I've never seen a guy take a better penalty in my life. Um but no, uh, yeah, I'd go I'd go Jimmy up front. Um so I'm just missing that other sent defensive mid, aren't I? Mm-hmm. Um It's a tough one. It's a tough one, we've
1: had quite a lot of good sentiments. Yeah, we've had a lot in the engine room over the years. but Deriva was quite good. Robbie Musto. Um who else could we there's this, this actually quite there's quite a few. Yeah Joseph Fire, Grant bit,
2: Yeah, uh, Clayton.
1: He's current. He's getting. Up, you know, Clayton is he's, he's getting up there. Like he's probably one of the, one of the good, one, not probably one of the greatest players to ever play for the club, but in terms of consistency and the way he's coming through, he's becoming a really good centre defence. I mean, he played quite well in the uh, the Premier League as well. But sorry. Yeah. So I
2: think um, going off that, then I, I wouldn't like to pick Clayton, especially for this formation, because I, I think okay. he'd, he'd you know be sitting a bit too far behind. So I'd like someone who's a bit more. Sort of centre midish rather than centre defensive mid. So I'd go with I'm gonna go with Ledbetter. I was gonna go rock and back, but I do like I do like
1: Grant. So I'm gonna go with Ledbetter in there. Yeah, Ledbetter. So that's your eleven. Three substitutions and your gaffer. Okay. So, uh, three subs then
2: Um, I'll have rocking back in there seems I just missed out on that first eleven. Um yep. I'll have one of the strikers um that I didn't choose. I'll go with um it's a toss up really between Viduka and Yakubu. Um I'd go with Vadooka. Yeah. Um and then I'll have some sort of either defender or a
1: goalkeeper in there as a third sub. Um bring on. See those are your three subs. Put a goalkeeper on. That's what Steven Pearson goal or something or mm. anyway sorry yeah Uh, uh flowers oh. uh Ben Roberto ben, ben, ben Roberts but then he got lobbed by Roberto Di Matteo that's why they call him Ben Roberto oh, right. I don't, sorry I don't, I don't remember him no. sorry he had yeah. like really long air and then he got lobbed from 40 or 35 yards in the FA Cup final by Roberto Di Matteo and he was actually the fastest ever goal in the FA Cup final history until like quite recently I don't know who scored but anyway um that was the year we got into two finals and got relegated I've in the same year. And I think I, I think I've thought thought of my third
2: player actually I'm okay. gonna bring on. Um and it's not gonna be a defender, it's gonna be a pure impact
1: substitution. It's a guy who've just lost a damn already. You know what? I'm not mad at that. I'm really not mad at that and I hope he does so well at um Wolves. Well it makes me cry every time I see him play for him, but yeah. I hope he comes back. He's not currently playing for, for Wolves.
2: No, nah, I think he's Coming um the bench. No, he's, I think he's always going to be He's going to be used as an impact and he, Because he, he loses the ball too much And that's not Nuno new, new style he's, he's quite defensive isn't he So he's, your yeah. He's, yeah.
1: So 11 is Swartzer, young right back Southgate, Gibson, Pogatetz and Ledbetter Mendy, Janinho, Zendon Jimmy Floyd, Hasselbank Your manager and your captain sir
2: Okay uh, Manager um, As a Borough fan um, compared to some other clubs, we haven't had a lot of managers in sort of the time I've been a fan. I think about, I say about five, a, six. A bit.
1: So, from when we've you followed it's Robson, Venables, well, Robson with Venables, Steve McLaren, um, South Gareth Southgate, Southgate. Southgate, Gordon Strachan, Shivers, I Okaankar, Steve Agnew. <laughs> so I'm probably so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um Steve on you and Gary Monk, and Tony Phil so you've had nine managers to choose from
2: yeah I think um, I think obviously as well I didn't really see the teams of, of Robson and Venables um, so I think for me um, it'd have to be out of McLaren and Karanga but you know, going off McLaren's recent sort of managerial career mm-hmm. um, give
1: it a white right off Give it to Mister Ito Karanka in his favorite, in his favorite four two and three one formation. And captain, captain, I is
2: will go with. I think I might stick with Southgate actually. Um, yeah, I think he's that commanding player. He, do, you know, he, he's got the age and the you know experience over Gibson's.
1: When you look at that team though, Southgate was captain. Gibson's captain. Ledbit was captain. Foguettes was captain for a while, if you remember. Um, so. And I think Jimmy Floyd held the armband once or twice, so it's like a, a strong team. And on paper, that's, that's a good side that night. O'Kerong is a, a hell of a manager to to lead that team. So that's it. It's the Borough Breakdown podcast. Um, we're going to be back on the podcast next week with Ian Smith and Dana from Everything FC. Um, dates TBD. Um, but apart from that, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast, Elliot. What's your socials? Where can people find you? Um, so I'm mainly on Twitter um, a lot. So just at Elliot Venice. Um, if you want to hit me up on there, that'd be that'd be great. And it's Elliot with two T's. Yeah. I always get I always two T's. Yeah. I always got that wrong. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, this is the board breakdown. Board breakdown. Good night.
0: Fleming for That's Craig it. Hignett. Hit it, Higgy. Higgy hits the treble. Are coming alive again?
1: Janino wants the ball played to him. Ravenelli spots out Emerson!
0: Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable.